Uh, I, I don't know if you guys are, are reading some of this as, we, as we're getting closer to the resurrection. Matthew 26, frankly, is pretty dark. In fact, the, the, the forecast is perfect for Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26 is ominous and difficult. So I don't want to read the whole chapter to you, but I want to walk through Matthew 26 with you. I want to share a, a couple of things that are happening, and, and maybe you can see what, what I see. But uh, essentially, Matthew 26 is filled with plotting, planning, scheming, betrayal, denial, and desertion. Take a look with me. If you're following along in your Bible, you see that it begins with the leading priest and elders, and they're meeting together at a, at a man's house, of the highest priest's house, a man named Caiaphas. And it says in verse 4, plotting how to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. Just a few verses later, Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, he goes to the leading priest and, and, and says, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you. The leading priests see their chance and they pay him 30 pieces of silver. In the very next, uh, in the very kind of next section, my chapter heading uh, says the last supper. And you would think, oh, this is, this is it. This is going to be such a shining moment in this chapter. I mean, it's, it's friends and disciples coming together around a table for the Passover. Man, this, this is going to be where Jesus really encourages them. This is going to be where Jesus, like, tells them how great a job they're doing. Until Jesus drops the bombshell. It says in verse 21 of of chapter 26, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. You think that can change the tone of the dinner? That's, That's really not polite conversation. In the next verse, verse 22, each one asked, greatly distressed. And this, it's, this is a curious question. Am I the one? Immediately after this, there's this, this awesome romantic scene with, uh, with Peter. Peter's going to stand up and, and say, it's not me. It's, it, it's not going to be me in verse 35. He, he says, I would never deny you. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all of the other disciples, they all said the same thing. We would die first. Bold. In the very next scene, Jesus leaves for the Garden of Gethsemane. In verse 38, it's a a serious place. Jesus says, I I want you to come with me while I pray. And he says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Does that sound pretty serious? He says, I have all of the weight of what's coming coming for me. And and. And he says, I just want you to stay here with me. You're my friends. You've walked with me. You've walked beside me this whole way. I just want you to stay here and keep watch with me. 
It says in verse 40 that then he returned from praying and he found them what? He says, couldn't you even keep watch one hour? And he tells him again, he says, I I need you to keep watch with me. I need you with me. And again, he returns and finds them sleeping. It says they couldn't keep their eyes open. Maybe some of you are thinking like this sermon. We transition from there in verse 46. Jesus says, up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. In verse 49, we see Judas Iscariot returning. It says, uh, Judas came straight to Jesus. And, and I, man, I, I wish I could see what this was like. Greetings, Rabbi. Is that how it was? And he exclaimed and gave Jesus a kiss. This point in the in the reading, I think, like the early church, probably like booed and hissed because they know it's the kiss of betrayal. And Jesus tells him, "My friend, why don't you go ahead and just just do what you have come to do?" And they take Jesus. Remember the plotters at the very beginning at Caiaphas, the high priest house. They take him to Caiaphas's house. And they start to look for uh, uh, witnesses, anyone that can corroborate a story that would be worthy of Jesus' execution. And they go around and around. When they can't find witnesses that their, their testimonies line up, they start to goad and beat and challenge Jesus. In verse 67, it says, Then they began to spit in Jesus' face and beat him with their fist, and some even slapped him. These are the high priests. At this same moment, brave, valiant Peter, who said, I would never deny you, even to the point of death, creeps into the courtyard. A servant girl comes to him and says, hey, aren't, aren't you one of those Galileans? There's something about your accent. I, I reckon, aren't you one And Mr., I don't know if you remember earlier, where Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Mr., Peter stands up and has this amazing, like, three-point at the buzzer shot and says, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. So, Mr., you are the Messiah, the Son of God, says to the slave girl, like, I I don't know him. Again, another girl comes to him, and he says, "I, I don't even, I don't know what you're talking about. And finally, after three denials, he takes an oath. He says, I don't know the man, and a curse on me if I'm lying. In verse 75, it says, and Peter went away weeping bitterly because Jesus had told them this moment would come. It's an ominous chapter of plotting and scheming, betrayal, denial, desertion. It reminded me of a scene from a movie. Um, Have you guys ever seen the movie Saving Private Ryan? You guys know this movie. Um, So the the movie Saving Private Ryan is there's some U.S. soldiers in World War II, and they're going to rescue this one private who has lost all of his brothers. And they're they're trying to rescue this, this one uh, the, this one so- soldier, 
and in the midst of it, they, they face like countless enemies and uh, they're, they're fighting the, the Nazis and they're facing all of these things. And, and there's one scene in this movie, and, and if you'll permit me, I want to share it with you because I, I, I need to go ahead and tell you, like this is a rated R scene, all right? But there's one scene in this movie that, that it's, it reminded me, it connects with me so much with Matthew chapter 26. And I want to set it up for you. It, it's going to be really short. There are two, uh, two American soldiers, uh, one named uh, Private Upham and one named Mellish. And the scene is there's this epic battle happening. Uh, they're trying to, the Americans are trying to hold a bridge, they're trying to rescue Private Ryan. And the Nazi forces are coming and overwhelming them. And they've even run out of ammo. And the fighting has gone hand to hand. It's super serious. And this scene, what you're going to see is Private Mellish is in a hand-to-hand combat with a Nazi soldier. And Upham is there too. Show that clip. You remember that scene? So... um, that's Private Upham on the staircase. He's right there in position with weapons and ammunition, ready to come and help his friend, and yet something holds him back. Uh, I hate Private Upham. I do. Like, like now when I watch other movies and I see that same actor in an, even in another role or something, like I'm angry at that guy because I'm like, dude, you let your friend just you, did you see what happened to your friend? All you had to do was go up there and shoot the guy. You were right there to help. So I mean, still, like, like this, like the emotion of that scene gets me even today. Like, like, uh, and I'm not, I'm not joking. When I see that other actor, I'm like, oh, you're right there. And I think that's similar to what's happening in Matthew 26. I know that's a graphic scene, and I apologize if, if maybe that offended you, but that, that's the scene. That's what's happening. Do you see that? Well, I mean, we all want to pick on Judas, right? Judas was the bad one. You know, he, his heinous act is this, like, like it's a different kind of crime against Jesus. You know, uh, even in Dante and his Inferno, G, uh, Judas isn't put in the hottest place of hell. He's put in the Ar- Antarctic hell. It's cold. It's, it's the place for, like, you know, Judas betrays him with a kiss. It's the, the cold, calculating, deliberate offenders against God. And we want to pick on Judas, but, but let's be honest, there, there are a lot more people in this scene. In verse 22, at the, around the table, Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. And, and you see, remember what they asked? They, they put a question. This is a great question for Matthew 26. It, it's in verse 22. Their question is, am I the one? Like, why are they uncertain? The truth is, the answer to that question is yes. Look at it. Jesus is crushed with agony to the point of death. He just begs his friends, hey, I just need you with me. I just, I just need you with me in this time. I, I, I just need you with me. And where are they? Sleep. 
And Jesus says in verse 31, um, he says, on the way, Jesus told them, right in the middle of this chapter, he says, tonight, all of you will desert me. Don't you remember what the scripture said? Then he says it again in verse 56. Or verse 56 tells the story. He says, this is all to fulfill scripture. And it says, at this point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. All of you will desert me. That language, the, the, the Greek word for what's happening in this phrase like that, that, that desertion phrase is uh, it's where we get the word scandal from. It's a scandalizen. It means to fall away or, or better yet, maybe, uh, um, I don't know, there's a bunch of shows out right now about like people living in Alaska and the Arctic and these people are all trappers. Have you, you know what a trap is? Like, I'm not a trapper. I've never set a trap. I don't know. But, but uh, a trap is this, you know, imagine those metal jaws that come clanking sh- shut. Like, like, that's the word. That's what scandalizen is, is this word to, to, uh, to step on or to trigger a trap or a snare. And what Jesus says when he says, all of you will desert me, he says, at some point in time, all of you will take the bait. He says, there's not a one of you that, that won't step on the trigger at some point in time. All of you will fall into the trap of sin. And Peter says, not me. I won't fall into this trap. I would never desert you even to the point of death. But before the cock crows, He's deserted him. Peter says, I will never desert you. And all the others said exactly the same. But all of them took the bait, fell into the trap of sin. It's an important lesson for us in Matthew 26. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, I think I have that verse. It says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And when you see that word, everyone, or some translations say all, for all have sinned, you need to know that all means all. That everyone means everyone. And, and we're not just picking on the bad ones like Judas. But the trap of sin is there for Every one of us. All means Mother Teresa. All means Billy Graham. We are all guilty because of sin. And there wasn't one of us that. I'd love that, that saving Private Ryan scene. I'd love to say, man, I would be different. I wouldn't be like up on my, I would charge up those stairs and I would rescue my friend. Isn't that what the disciples said? We would never do that to you. And Jesus says, there is a trap of sin out there, and it comes for all of us. 
And if there's one thing you can see from Matthew chapter 26 is, is that really Jesus begins to separate himself. He really begins to stand out in, in the most painful way. And in Matthew chapter 26, our sin, the fact that everyone, that all of us throughout time, all humanity has fallen into the trap of sin, it really changes our, it should change our relationship with each other. Uh, I want you to think of it in terms of the, we are all in the same boat. Uh, we are all at the AA meeting together, right? There, there is no sense that, well, there, there are the good people in church, and then there are the other people who didn't get up on daylight savings and come to church. I know who you are. Have you ever been to AA? Maybe I shouldn't ask that public question. Um, AA's great. It's great. Uh, have had lots of friends in AA. I've been to AA meetings. Um, it's, it's, it's an awesome place. But even, even you guys who have never been to an AA meeting, they, they begin the meeting and they invite somebody to speak and somebody comes up and they say, hi, my name is Adam. And then the very next thing is, I am a alcoholic. Right? And it's been, uh, for, obviously, it's a source of, like, discomfort and pain and, hey, it's caused this. But it also becomes a unifier. You see how that works? Because everybody who stands up at that place says the exact same thing. Hey, hey d I'm an alcoholic. And they find some sense of identity there. Not in, a, uh, not in a way that says, hey, we want you to keep drinking. Hey, we want you to keep pursuing these things. But they find some sort of identity to encourage and lift up each other. In fact, you'll probably get a sponsor if you go to AA that's going to help you through the stages of dealing with your addiction. And I think it should work the same way for us. Matthew chapter 26, we see in the betrayal and the denial, we're not supposed to see somebody else somewhere else. We're supposed to see ourselves and walk away going, looking at this conversation. Remember the, the great question around the table, am I the one? We should all walk from Matthew 26 going, I'm a sinner. I have hurt God. Been reading Jeremiah lately. Dangerous thing. I'm not going to preach it. But in Jeremiah, what you will see is the great gravity of our sin. Like, I don't, th I don't think we take sin seriously. I don't think we, we it's like, oh, sin is, yeah, I'm a sinner. It's not that big a deal. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like, in Jeremiah, sin is adultery against God. Like, it is the gravest, most painful thing you could imagine. If you look at all of the graphicness of Jesus' death, which is coming, we should see our sin. That's how graphic our sin is to God, how atrocious and painful. And so I think like this statement of I am a sinner, like, like in, in what you're seeing in Matthew 26, like despite their best efforts, they all fell into the trap of sin. Like we could find some unity there. There's some hope for, for all of us in that of, hey, we are all in this together. Billy Graham and Mother Teresa, all of us here claiming to be sinners. Betrayers. 
And remember what Jesus tells them. He says, I want you to come and wait with me, but I also want you to watch with me. I want you to keep watch. And and that continues to be our task for each other. We keep watch for sin in each other's lives. We, We challenge each other. Hey, man, be careful. Don't you see that trap right there? I want to warn you about that trap. And maybe sometimes we even say, you know, I know that trap because I was the one that stepped in that trap. So in this like identifier of, man, I, I am a sinner, there's, there's identity and unity, but also we watch out for each other. So Matthew chapter 26 should change how we see each other. Not, not that, hey, he's a preacher, he's up on stage, he's got this all figured out, but no, like I'm, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, and all means all. So it should change our relationship with each other, but it also changes our relationship with Jesus. Matthew, kind of the theme verse in the Sermon on the Mount is to seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. Man, I I want you to, I do, I, I want you to seek God's kingdom. I want you to pursue a righteous life. But you and I will always need a Savior. We will need a resurrection. We will need an Easter. And every action of Matthew 26, every action of this scene leads Jesus one step closer to the cross, but also to the resurrection. Jesus rises as the hero that's coming. In Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says this. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still, what's the word? So maybe you've asked the question, am I the one Lord? The answer is yes. But there's another question, and the question is, are you worth saving? And the answer is Yes. And Jesus rises. He separates himself from all of our failures. Goes to the cross alone. And the good news is, is it's not a story of our success or, or our great faithfulness. Do you see that that needs to be separated? Yeah, I don't want you to think about this story of, man, well, Peter almost did everything right, and Judas, man, he was so close to making it. Like, like this isn't a story of, of how great we can be or how righteous we can live. We, we have all failed that test. We've all stepped into the trap. The good news is, is not a story of our success, of our faithfulness, but of God's great faithfulness. Despite everything, no matter how many times I've stepped into the trap, God is faithful to me. He sent his son to die for us. It's in the the blight of our utter failures that the light of God's love and sacrifice shines most brightly. So I'm going to send you to a time of communion. Maybe the question that should be on your lips is, you come before him again is, am I the one?
answer is yes. We stand together, sinners, all of us. There's not one of us in here that doesn't need the grace and mercy and love of Jesus Christ. And here's the great news, that you're also worthy of forgiveness, of his grace, and he offers it to you today. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for your word, for this teaching, and uh, I pray that you guide us as we, we enter into this time of communion. Father God, maybe there's, there's traps that, that we have fallen into, and so God, we just need to confess our wrongdoing, confess our sin to you. Father God, maybe there's been times and moments where we've, we've made vows that, that we would never, that we could never, that, Father God, maybe there's a trail of people that we've hurt because of the trap of sin that, that we've fallen into. Father God, forgive us if, if maybe we've pursued the trap. Father God, we stand before you guilty and accused. We have all betrayed you, and none of us are worthy. And yet, Father, out of your great love, you offer your son a hero to redeem and save us. So, Father God, may we each repent before you today. May we turn our attention to you and to seek out your kingdom. We love you. In your son Jesus' name, everyone together says, amen.